It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. On today's episode of Locked On 76ers, Keith and I have a guest. It's time to go across those lines and check in with our friend Brian Lewis to check tap in on the Brooklyn Nets as the series gets underway on Saturday. We do it all right here. Locked On 76ers. You are Locked On 76ers, your daily Philadelphia 76ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com backslash locked on today to get started. What's up, D? What's going on, man? What's going on? Uh, we appreciate Brian checking in with us here. Brian Lewis from the uh, uh, New York Post covering the Brooklyn Nets for many years. Brian, thanks for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me. 
Appreciate uh, no it. No problem, man. We need we need to find out about the Nets, a little bit more about the Nets. But first, we uh, want to welcome everybody who are locked on 76ers. I am Devon Givens from 97.5 The Fanatic Radio in Philadelphia, alongside my co-host and partner, as always, Keith Pompey from TheEnquire.com. And Brian Lewis joining us here. We thank you for making Locked On 76ers your first listen every day. And remember, Locked On 76ers is free and available on all platforms, including right here on YouTube at Locked On 76ers. Keith, we got to get to a lot here with Brian covering a lot of ground. The game gets underway tomorrow afternoon at the center. And we have uh, plenty of things to throw at Brian during the course of this uh, this run here. So, uh, Brian, I just wanted to start, man. How, how up and down and how wild has this season been for you? around this 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 franchise <laughs> uh it it can send your pressure up mm-hmm. you know um it's been a little calmer since they've remade the roster um, i'm not going to necessarily say why but i think you can figure it out <laughs> understood <laughs> i got you I got you. But I got a question for you, though, Brian. Um, yeah. You know, people in Philadelphia are looking at this this series and they know about Mikel Bridges. They know that some of these other guys are are, are good players, but they, they think that it's going to be so much easier now that Kevin Durant and Kyrie are no longer with the team. They're looking at this team as a young team, but not a team that's quite there. What what what, what is the uh, the Nets thinking? Well, listen, what I would say is they're younger, right? But I wouldn't I wouldn't call them really young. They're just young in their evolution as a team. They do have a lot of guys who have played playoff basketball. Patty Bills has a ring, then you got, you know, guys that have been to the finals, guys that have been to conference finals. So they're not this isn't the same kind of Nets team that they saw the last time they saw Brooklyn in the playoffs in 2019, where those guys, you know, they, they were still trying to find their way in the league as individuals, as men. Most of them were just trying to find their place in the NBA. They were just giddy and wide-eyed and happy to be there. That's not what this Nets team is going to look like. This is a Nets team that has a lot of veteran players who know they can play in the league. They know their value they know how to operate within the NBA. They're just trying to figure out how to work together and how to stop an MVP, in my opinion. <laughs> and, and and with that, uh, yeah, it's going to be a tough a tough task to, to slow down the MVP, potential uh, MVP. But with that, and coming in with the experience that they do have, but again, just trying to figure it all out on, on the fly here, uh, much of that has to do with the versatility that they do have and, and the, the way that they can throw different things at a team, and in this case, the 76ers. So when you look at all the versatility that they have, the guys that can play multiple positions, the shooting that they have, what kind of challenges do they pose to a team, to your point, led by an MVP candidate and one that is looked at as one of the top three squads in the league? Well, the Nets aren't big, but they are long. So they can get in passing lanes, and they're one of the few teams that doesn't just talk about switching, but they really – will switch one through five, Um, at least as long as their starters are out there. Mm -hmm. Um, That's something that most teams aren't going to see a lot. Uh, That's something that's, as you know, that's going to slow you down how you play. You're going to now get into matchup hunting. If you're trying to run any offense, 
that's going to throw your offense off and you're going to be sitting there bogged down looking for matchups. Now, as it just so happens, the Sixers have a hell of a matchup. So it might be worthwhile. <laughs> um, we'll have to see how it works. Uh, I asked Jacques one, I said, listen, is this a guy who, Embiid saying, is this a guy who changes what you can switch or how much you're switching? And he seems intent on playing the way they play. So we're going to have to see how that works out for him. Yeah, but even with those switches, they're still, like many teams, they're going to have to throw that extra body at Embiid. Should they? Should he find that, let's say, other matchup that's not Nick Claxton somewhere in that lower block where that's an advantage for Philadelphia? Yeah, I mean, they've done a lot of reading anyway all throughout the year, so they'll go in and they'll dig. I mean, they've done that, you know, probably less against Jokic because he's a different kind of player. But, I mean, they've done that a lot against big men. But, yes, you're going to see times where you see Dorian Finney-Smith fronting it. There are times when you will probably see Royce O'Neal on him now, granted, getting help. But there are times you're going to see people that are 220 pounds that are 6'6", guarding him. With help, with guys digging. But, yes, that's what we're going to see. And he will have the opportunity to wreck the game. But, you know, on the flip side, their hope is that they can disrupt Philadelphia enough and keep the other guys from killing them to make it worth it. It's just certainly going to be a fun uh, matchup to see how the chess matchup goes between Jacques Vaughn and Doc Rivers. <clears throat> Part of when we get back, we've got to look at the other side also and look at some of the challenges outside of Embiid that maybe they pose towards the Brooklyn Nets. And we'll do that with Brian Lewis as our guest here from the New York Post, talking a little Sixers Nets ahead of the playoff schedule that gets underway on Saturday right here on Locked On 76ers. And I do have to tell everybody as we get ready for this first round matchup and uh, we look at things that are about to take place, Nissan, uh, the most electric player of the week for the final week of the regular season is brought to you by the all new, all electric 2023 Nissan Aria. And I'm going with, let me see, let me go on the bench a little bit since guys had to play a little bit extra in these games. I'm actually going to go with James Springer. Uh, and here's why I go with Jaden Springer for the 19 point performance in the game against Atlanta on Friday as he po- posted 19 points. And this was the day after he dropped over 20 plus in the championship game to help the Delaware Bluecoats win their first G League championship. So that's where I'm going to go. I'm going to go with Jaden Springer, the young player that was still waiting to find out how good he is. But, hey, he had some some key moments there for the Bluecoats and a big game in helping the Sixers defeat the Atlanta Hawks, who were fully, fully equipped to play that night with all their starters and and lost the game. He's been electric, brilliantly fierce, fiercely elegant, stunningly powerful uh, with the way that he does things on the defensive end, showing his athleticism on the offensive side, elegantly powerful and delivers on duality, the combination of fierceness and elegance, beautiful but strong. And that's just like the perfect SUV crossover, that 2023 Nissan Aria. The 2023 Nissan Aria packs pin you to your seat power and premium intelligence all-in-one EV. The all-new, all-electric 2023 Nissan Aria, the EV for people who love to drive. Shop now at NissanUSA.com. 
The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back. You are Locked On 76ers. Keith Pompey, Devon Givens with you, our special guest from the New York Post, Brian Lewis. We thank you for making Locked On 76ers your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast, nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. Keith. Yeah, you know, it's, 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 I have a question for you, Brian. Like something off that you said at the last segment when we talk about the switching, right? So with uh, me, again, you know, Jock isn't going to play his hand a little bit too much. But when you look at the Boston Celtics, right? What the Boston Celtics tend to do is they say, listen, we know Embiid is an unstoppable player. He's going to get all the points that he can possibly. But what we're going to try to do is we're going to try to shut down everybody else. So when you're talking about that switching and I'm looking at guys like, you know, Mikael Bridges, Dorian Finney, you know, people like that. I'm thinking what they're saying is, okay, go ahead, Joe. We know we can't stop you. But we can't have any co-stars get off. We can't have Tyrese Maxey, Parton, or Tobias have great games. Do, is, am I correct with that? Because it, it seems like you would want to put all your focus on them and have these other guys beat you. Put all you're saying it would seem like you would want to put all your focus on Joel. You know, and Joel, and Dare, exactly. Tobias, yeah, or whomever. Yeah. Now I'm gonna tell you this: Boston has had a lot of success doing otherwise. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. What I would say is this, when, after they remade the roster, there was a stretch where they tried doing that. It didn't work for them. You're talking about for doubling up on people? No, 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 no. I mean, listen, I I have no doubt they will be, that they will roll doubles this way. Okay. That's a given. Mm -hmm. But what I'm saying is when they kind of found themselves again and got their second one because they've been really streaky since mm-hmm. they made the roster. If you look through their results, you'll see four-game losing streak win five of seven. Five-game losing streak win six of eight. <laughs> they've been really streaky. But during that five-game, their last five-game losing streak, which was their worst of the year, they were getting torn up by stars. Okay. All right. Guys were wrecking games. And it didn't matter how well they shot or what have you. I mean, they were just taking the ball out of the basket every time. Um, And then they, they redoubled their efforts to take away the star, even if it meant giving the number two player a little something. All right. And it worked better for them. Mm -hmm. And I, now again, I don't know. Maybe they go through a half against Joel and they say, well, we tried to take him away and it's just, it's not working. So that could happen. And as you know, that's the whole thing about playoffs, right? Adjustments to the adjustments. But my assumption is that they are going to go into it trying to play that way. In other words, 
All right. Let us see if we can at least slow Joel and dare whomever. Mm-hmm. Now, slowing Joel, I mean, if it's if you're running a two-man game and it's James and Joel, what is that taking away that second player look like? Taking away that second player may be Tobias. I don't know. But when they've played better of late, it's been not allowing the star to wreck the game for them. I well, I mean, of course, this we all know it's a tough challenge uh, that they're going to have in, in front of them. But uh, the shooting that Brooklyn does have, they have multiple shooters. When we when you speak about Mikael Cam Johnson in the starting lineup, being able to knock down shots, Spencer Dinwiddie, Joe Harris, Seth Curry off the bench, Royce O'Neal being able to knock down shots as well. Uh, the other one that you look at that could be some sort of, of an X factor is where does Cam Thomas lie in this? Because we did see him in that final game where he was he was definitely hunting for that 50 as the game was winding down. Uh, but uh, we also know that he could score the basketball. But just watching from afar, even during that stretch that he had those you know really, really good 40-plus point games uh, in uh, consecutive games, that it, it just seems like the trust isn't always there with him. And he kind of got lost in the entire thing as the roster was being remade. So – how much do you feel like we'll be we'll see him as maybe some sort of guy that's some weapon that Jock Vaughn does feel? Let me give him a stretch. Let me see how it goes. And if it goes well, maybe we'll stick. If we see Cam Thomas with a high usage rate and balling out and scoring, one of two things happen. Either the Sixers have turned it into garbage time. Or Jacques Vaughn has pulled off the greatest okey-doke I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. It's just he has not been he has he has shown that he can score when put in the right circumstances. I don't think at this point anybody can deny that. If you give him the ball and you make him the focus of your offense and you tell him go get it, he will get you buckets. But Jacques Vaughn clearly doesn't trust him in terms of his defense and his playmaking enough that he's going to put him out there and make him the focal point when he's had other players. Now, obviously when you have Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, that's a different story, but even now on this roster, that still hasn't been the case unless they've been sitting people. All right. So my suspicion is that Cam is going to have it, He's going he's gonna to have a tough time even cracking the playoff rotation because, you know, the rotations get smaller. They don't get bigger. They just get smaller. And if he does crack the rotation, he'd be your last man in your rotation, which doesn't give you a ton of minutes. But you're right. He can score. Yeah, I have a question for you, though. I mean, he, he can score. But when you look at the 70, when you look at um, Brooklyn, and you look at their offense, you look at what Mikel does. We talk about the other shooters. I mean, we didn't, I mean, you got a bunch of them. They have a bunch of them. We didn't even get into it. Um, how many, but do they look at that as an advantage? Because when you look at uh, the 76ers backcourt, Maxi and Harden, not very good defenders at all. And you got a bunch of athletic wings that can, and some guys who could get shots. Does Brooklyn look at this as an advantage in their favor? Yes, they look at it as an I would go so far as not only do they look at it as an advantage, they probably look at it as a necessity. 
they probably feel they can't win this series unless they shoot volume and shoot well. They need both. Um, they're smaller, as you say. They're less experienced together. They don't have an MVP. They don't even have an all-star. Well, Ben Simmons has made three all-star games, but <laughs> they don't have an all-star playing. Right? Their path to victory has to be uh, higher value shots, meaning the three. And they have to get a lot of them up, and they have to hit them, which probably means they need to get stops because most of their success since they've remade the roster, those threes have come in transition. Those threes have come in early offense. So they need to get a couple stops and get out and run and get good, clean three-point looks. And and watching them, they do that a lot. And they, they, they'll find that ball will snap around the perimeter and find that mm-hmm. open player to, to, to have that open opportunity. So we'll see uh, how they defend it in Sixers and, of course, how it'll be defended on the other side. We'll get to some predictions here, wrap this podcast up with thrilled to be joined by, again, the New York Post, uh, Brian Lewis, who covers the Brooklyn Nets, giving us a little bit of the, what's going on on that side as we get ready for the Sixers and the Nets on Saturday, starting off game one of the quarterfinal matchup in the Eastern Conference. We'll do that final segment coming up here, Locked On 76ers. Looking for a delicious snack as we get into the springtime and, of course, playoff time here, but don't want all of the sugar and calories that you need. The best-tasting protein bar ever built. You got to try it. If you're like me and you want to make healthier snack choices, but you don't want to compromise on the taste, I've got just the thing for you. Built Bars and Built Puffs. Built Bars are healthy and taste amazing. Seriously, they taste so amazing. You won't think they're good for you. You got to try it. What makes Built Bars so good? Well, for starters, they're all covered in 100% chocolate, dark chocolate, if you like that as well. That's right, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievably flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and cookies and cream. And now you don't even have to wait to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering Built Bars at Built.com, but now you can make it to your local Walmart or Sam's Club while you can still get your specialty flavors at Built.com. Also, only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, uh, with a whopping 17 grams of protein. Love making sure that we have these at the games, whether it's the late nights, early days, like on Saturday, uh, doing some post-game work, and you just need a quick snack. Built is the place for you. All right. Once again, make sure if you're close to a Sam's Club, run in, grab a 13 bar box with our hit flavors, brownie, batter, puff and churro. You can thank me later. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back here, Locked On 76ers, with our special guest, Brian Lewis from the uh, New York Post, covering the Brooklyn Nets. Brian, we need some predictions. We need to see how this thing is going to go. We finally have the seven-game schedule. Took them long enough to share that with us. But now we know games one and two in Philadelphia are on Saturday and Monday, Thursday and Saturday for games three and four at the Barclays in Brooklyn. Um, I guess I'll start with you, Brian, give you the opportunity first to talk about this one and, and look at how you things see things maybe playing out in this series. 
Oh, I'm terrible with the predictions. <laughs> Otherwise, I'd probably, you know, play some wagers. But uh, after just getting through saying that this is not like the last time they played the Nets, I'll say it's going to be like the last time they played the Nets. <laughs> now, look, it is difficult well, I'll to tell on myself eight so. games in a row. That's not easy to win eight in a row against one team. But... Yeah. <laughs> the people know that the last time they played uh the Sixers won in five games. Five games in the first round. That's looked at as the Jared Dudley series. Yeah. Yes, yeah. it was. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was. Yeah. It was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was that was funny. That was funny. So you think so you think it's gonna go in five games? I you, think it'll be five. Yeah. Okay. I think it'll be five. But again, you know. The playoffs are a different animal than the regular season, and I haven't seen this team play a playoff game together. Who knows? But if you're asking me now, yeah, five games. And as you said, a lot of playoff experience, but a different group now with the playoff experience. A, a head coach with the while he's been in the playoffs, you know, with other teams and San Antonio and all, and being there on the staff. But it's not the same. And even with Brooklyn, like you said, as the head guy, it's just a little bit different. Yeah, well, he was the playoffs. He was their coach in the bubble. Mm-hmm. They, they had fired Kenny, and there's only two players left from that roster. You know, they've turned over the entire roster. There's two people left. Joe Harris is left, and Spencer Dinwiddie is left. Spencer Dinwiddie, oh, Spencer back. Dinwiddie left came back. Yeah, right. Keith, what do you have? You know, it's weird. I have the Sixers winning. Um, I keep going back and forth from five to six. and 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 the reason why I'm saying that is – um, I know it, six seems a lot, right? It seems like that's going to be a long series, but I honestly think that um, Brooklyn has a real a legitimate chance of winning on Saturday. I do. I mean, I, I keep saying that. I know that everybody talks about how good the Sixers are, and I do think the Sixers are the better team. But at the same time, I, I think I think Jock Vaughn's a better coach than we give him credit for being. Secondly, I also think that is one of those things, and we said this before, D, and I and I said it and I wrote it before, is one of those things where you take this team and the Sixers really don't know too much about them. But whereas, you know, they can get them by the element of surprise and they'll take a game or two to figure things out. By that point, is a different game plan. But so I, I, I think that my mind is telling me it's going to end in five games. My mind is saying it's going to be five games. But something outside keeps telling me that the Sixers are going to revert back to the Sixers that we know they've been in the past, and they're going to go to Brooklyn, and it's going to be game four and whatever, game five, and, and, and well, whatever, game four, and they're thinking like, you know what? We got this in the bag. <laughs> and and they slip around and lose at 1 o'clock game on Saturday. So, you know what I mean? So my mind is saying five, but something inside keeps telling me, they're going to revert back to the same team and lose and, and, and lose. And it's a six game series. Uh, well, I mean, with, with how we've seen, as you said, with this team being that team that can go back to their old ways that get them in trouble. If we're also going to talk about the things that we've discussed throughout the entire season, where things are different, this yeah. feels different and it does feel different. Even being at practice, as you talked about, they just seem loose on Tuesday being at practice Wednesday, and I I do look at this and I say five. It's tough to beat a team eight games in a row, even with the changes on Brooklyn side. It, it's that's not easy. 
And uh, but I also think that with Brooklyn shooting, with those guys being able to knock down shots the way that Brian was talking about, they can win a game with their shooting where the Sixers have had their problems covering the perimeter, giving up a bunch of threes in one game. So I think that'll be how they 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 sneak that one in. They'll be competitive. They'll make the Sixers work. But in the end, we'll look at this one and, and look at this basketball team and say, OK, this is a different team. They're they're taking this one seriously the way that they have by bringing in players like P.J. Tucker and DeAnthony Melton, the defensive guys, the toughness that we talked about to kind of help change the uh, complexion of the playoff Sixers that we've seen over the past couple of years. So I do have Brooklyn falling in five. Obviously, I'm rooting for one guy to average 40 during that time that to, to get his work in. And um, but, but, but who does he play for, though? You're saying yeah. one dude. <laughs> I mean, who does he play for? You talking about Embiid? Or we all know. We all know. We they, all know. They, they didn't go to Villa. Uh, that didn't go to Temple. They didn't the go to Saint Also, no. So, so, so good. <laughs> you know what I mean, Brian? He's saying one guy. Like, come on, hey man. Well, the same guy that's on the court at the same hey, time. They know, already know. Maybe Mikel. Yeah, maybe not. <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> no surprise. I hope he drops forty a night and uh, and 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 shows off as he has been. Brian, how fun, how, how fun is it? You know, just being biased, of course, in this case. Um, he he is who he is. The guy that you see that you've been covering, the guy you've been talking to, that's just who he is. How how cool is it? How refreshing is the cover? Oh, he's bed and breath of fresh air. Mm-hmm. Right. I didn't I didn't really know him before. You know, I mean, he comes into town, he leaves town. You know, I never get to cover the NCAA anymore, really. I didn't know him. Mm-hmm. Uh I mean, I have to be fair, all of them, really. I mean, Spencer, I knew. Yeah. Um, the other three, I was learning. Um, and it's been great. Um, the whole vibe in the locker room is good. These guys are salt of the... I mean, I can't I can't say enough good things about Mikel, which is odd because this is what everybody was saying coming in. You know, I said, yeah, all right, we'll see. Right, yeah. But no. He really is. He really is that good a guy. Yeah. Um, I, I did. I would just want to throw in two things. Uh, you were talking about the shooting. The Nets have a ton of shot makers. Yes. They are Sometimes. now lacking in shot creators. They need one oh, more really? shot creator. Okay. Because they used to be able to gravity on Kevin and Kai. They, now, these guys would get wide open shots. Now, first half of the year, I don't think I ever saw Utah take a contested three. He didn't have to. There's a reason he was shooting 50% from deep, <laughs> right? So they could use another shot creator. Two, I just wanted to hit you guys up and ask you, since I've talked to a bunch of specialists, and they all say that Ben Simmons surgery, that's about 18 months before you those nerves grow back if they recover. What do you guys expect to see from Ben Simmons next season? It's tough, man. Um, I'll start with this one, Keith. Uh, I remember I was with someone who lives in New York and in in the off season, and we were talking about this and they were very optimistic about Ben Simmons coming back this year healthy. And as a guy who I, I was one that was more of a fan of his game during his time here and really enjoyed what he did. I also saw a point where even before the play now, the the play that has defined him him against the Atlanta Hawks, before that even happened, you could just see it snowballing into the way that uh, he had to leave. 
and it was going to be tough for him to come back here and, and remain. And the tough part about that was just not knowing how he was going to be able to respond now to some pressure and being here and not being close as you are, Brian, and seeing it just play out from afar. I don't know because now it's starting to really seem like, does he even want to play basketball? And so we, we see the back thing and we, we hear about that. We know he dealt with it, but then we also see him play the game out there and how he's not having any impact. And, and, and that's the troubling part of it, where it's really tough for me to answer that he'll be Ben Simmons, the all-star next season again with this team, which would really line up well with what they have. Uh, but the unknown of how he left here, how that seemed to be selfish, in my opinion, uh, of how he did it, and and then getting to Brooklyn and seeing how he played with the other two stars, the All-Stars, and then not being available for this team to play where, I mean, look, you, you, everything is open right now. Just go play basketball. But if the back is really bothering him, then I'm not a back specialist, so I don't know. But as far as the basketball goes, uh, he has – change my mind a bit or how I view him now as a player. Now you, you said they, they told you 18 months from the surgery, not from now, but in the summer. Yeah. yeah so, so he had it in May. So 18 months is November. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, I, you know what, based off of knowing how Ben is, and how Ben was, you remember, like his rookie year, he he, he broke his foot in the in, in training. Summer league. And so, uh, yeah, it was like actually it was the first day of training camp. First day of training camp. And and he he didn't play. He didn't even come on the bench, dude. You didn't even see him on the bench with the boot on. And for him to know how to see how far he dropped, and knowing that everyone is going to look at him because he doesn't, you know, he's one of those guys. He doesn't like the negative attention, but he always likes to look good. Mm-hmm. I don't see him coming back until later on in next season then, because if it's going to take him a while to get back to who he is, I don't think some people will just say, I just want to play and I just want to get out there and help the team. I see Ben wanting to play, but I see Ben wanting to be that guy too, be the man. Like, you know what I mean? He doesn't want Mikel, not saying he doesn't want them to outshine him, but he wants to uh, contribute. He wants to be an all-star. He wants to do this and that. And when we, when we went to Brooklyn that first time uh, and I saw him and I was like, yo, something's different because he's not a shooter. His game is predicated on being this big dude running up and down the floor, being extremely athletic. And I didn't see that. He looked just like a regular dude. He looked like a regular backup, undersized backup center. And I don't see him coming back until he gets 100% and and gets comfortable. Because now we got to factor in. It's not only physical, it's mental. So you got to build him back up. So I'm sorry, I don't see it. I don't see, especially with money in, uh, involved and all that. Changing, changing agents. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I just don't see it. Something, something's off. Okay. Yeah, I don't see it. Okay. Yeah. Something's <laughs> off with that guy. But listen, Brian, we know uh, we got to get all. We have to get ready for our day. And listen, well, we thank you, man. Really appreciate you joining us here. This was fun having a little crossover at Miami, no, Brooklyn Nets. 
Brian Lewis, make sure you go read Brian at NewYorkPost.com. Check him out. Thanks for making Locked On 76 as your first listen every day. And on our next episode, we'll break down game one and look ahead to game number two. Now, make your second listen. Locked On NBA, Locked On Experts covering the biggest stories around the league every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. Keith, can you let the good folks know where they can find us? Yeah, you can you can find our um, podcast. You can find us on um, – well, first of all, you can find D on Twitter at DivineG975. You can follow him tonight on the Divine Giving Show on 97.5 FM from 6 to 10 p.m. You can follow me on Twitter at Pompey on Sixers, and you can read my articles in the Philadelphia Inquirer, Inquirer.com. But y'all also need to do yourself a favor. And you got to follow my man, Brian Lewis, in the New York Post. You know, he's going to he, – he's the guy, y'all. He's the guy out there in New York that covers that team. Um, so you, if you want anything about it, you want these Mikael Bridges features, you want all this, all this information, go ahead and follow Brian. Now, Brian, please let these people know your Twitter handle so they can follow you on social media as well. At NYPost underscore Lewis, L-E-W-I-S. Yeah, y'all don't want to mess it up at L-O-U-I. Yeah, like Joe Lewis or something like that. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, so we really appreciate you doing it. And again, y'all, you got to follow my man, Brian. I've known Brian for years. Hard worker. He's always on top of it, breaking stories. He has a handle on that beat. And um, so that's the guy. That's the guy, y'all. Absolutely. Brian, thank you so much, Keith. Always, man. And everybody, we appreciate you watching and listening. We'll talk to you after game one. Thank you. All right. Peace. Peace. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.